Welcome to the Ducks on the Pond podcast. Uh, we made it again. We're uh, back again for a sixth week. This week, we got all four. Uh, we avoided sickness this week, which is great. Uh, we got Phil, Justin, and Charlie in his new uh, WBC hat. I like it. Um, let's go around and see what everyone's up to before we start on our topics. Uh, let's start with you, Phil. What are you up to? Nothing new, man. Living the dream. Living the dream. Justin, what are you up to this week? Uh, just thankful I'm feeling much better now. Uh, sleeping 20 hours a day. That'd be great. Um, other than that, I'm just waiting for, uh, name dropping Hogwarts legacy to come out this week. Uh, other than that, just hanging out. <laughs> Shameless plug. Uh, yep. <laughs> and Charlie, how we doing? Good. I'm trying to rack up a hundred dollars to get the, uh, whatever premium pack of the, or premium, uh, pre-order of the MLB to show 23. So. If I go to GameStop, can I just buy the sleeve of the game and not the cover? Probably. <laughs> I was trying to I was Probably. trying to see if they sold just the hat for the show because if you mm-hmm. buy the uh, the digital copy, which is what I have to buy, you don't get the hat. Oh my god. That's the guy yeah, who works yeah. there. What? Wait, that's Charlie. <laughs> anyway, I work there. Uh we'll start off with uh Charlie's topic. Uh Charlie, if you want to go ahead and start us off. Sure. So speaking of MLB The Show 23, I'm going to talk about the cover athletes for the MLB The Show 23. Obviously, the two cover athletes for just the standard version is Jazz Chisholm. And then for the like deluxe version or whatever they're calling it, it's Derek Jeter back on the show. Um, so I want to get your guys' thoughts on the cover athletes. Um, obviously, we kind of made some predictions and we were nowhere close to where they ended up. So I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. Justin, let's go ahead and start off with you on this one. Sure. Um, yeah, uh, I'm more upset about uh, the Jeter special edition than I am so much of uh, Ch- Chisholm on the on the standard. Um, but I'd like to see more of a pool host cover on the on a special edition like that, or you know, with him going out. Um, but I know there's a lot of heat about this. I know Charlie, we spoke a little bit um, through text messages. My opinion on it, it's really kind of just who at the end of the day, what does it really matter for them who they choose? It's not an award. The players don't care too much. I know, I know Chisholm's pretty excited about it, but you know, he's he grew up playing the show too. It's just I just don't they don't get really too much out. I don't know. Maybe the exposure for them is good, but I I just feel like at the end of the day, for the game wise, it doesn't really matter who's on the cover because it's really the only baseball game that's out there baseball you know you're gonna have to buy it regardless because no one's playing rbi baseball like no one's playing an arcade game so i don't know it just really doesn't with all the hate and stuff that chisholm's getting for getting on the cover and like i don't know i just feel like it doesn't really matter (laughs) at the end of the day i think there could be more things we could be complaining about rather than who's on the cover of the show but that's just kind of where i'm coming from with it um i am excited for the game hopefully they do some overrides on some of the gameplay features but um, I don't know. I like really bright covers, so I think the standard's pretty sweet. Um, but one big thing I am super, super excited about with Jeter being on it is there's these things called captain packs. Um, we expected to see David Wright in the game last year, but I think they were holding him off for these captain packs for this year. So I'm super excited about David Wright uh, coming to the show as well. So um, hopefully that's a possibility. But. Good stuff. Uh, how about you, Phil? I don't know. It was kind of, I don't, I don't play the show. Right. So I'm not nearly as excited about it as everyone else. Uh, it's kind of surprising to me. I mean, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. Um, I don't really know who jazz Chisholm is. Obviously I know who he is, where he plays for. I know he was an all-star last year, but in my mind, you know, the, the cover athlete, of the show is always, you know, a top tier player, somebody who had an amazing season, usually the year before. So that's a little bit of a surprise to me just makes me wonder you know what it is they're going for if you're trying to bring new players to baseball I don't know if this really does it I mean yeah you're going to excite people in Florida you know or maybe if you're you watch a lot of uh, National League East games right where you're catching the Marlins play a lot um, you know it just makes me scratch my head a little bit I, I really was thinking they would go with Judge and Jeter, you know, just because of the captaincy that Judge now has for the Yankees. I thought that would be kind of cool, but 
um, you know, Jeter obviously did make it onto the collector's edition. So, you know, just bring somebody that has actually proven something is, is kind of how I look at it. I don't really feel like Chisholm has. But if you look back at their history, I mean, you know, Puig did make it on a cover for uh, the show when he was, you know, a young and coming hot player. And, you know, you, you've also had uh, what, Tatis Jr. was on there a couple years ago, right? So, and again, these are, these are players that are exciting and definitely bring something new to the game. So I, I guess I can see why they chose it. I just don't really think it's that big of a deal. Charlie, you want to go next uh, before I go on my my rant on this topic that we probably also I I agree with how Phil the first part of what you said of like it's supposed to be like the you know the the best player or you know one of the one of the best players the guy who's got the numbers and you know maybe even some hardware to go along with it um, you look at like some of the greatest cover athletes MLB the show has had you look at the Joe Mowers the David Wrights the the David Ortiz, you know, you know, Ed Griffey on the cover, Aaron Judge, like Shohei last year, like that, that is what I guess, in my opinion, that's what they should aim for as their cover athlete. I'm going to give you guys a couple stats and I'm going to have you guys say which one you think is better. And then just, just kind of do that. So batting average for player one, 254, uh, batting average for player two, 259. Home runs for player one, 14. Home runs for player two, 18. RBIs for player one, 45. RBIs for player two, 73. And slugging for player one, uh, 535. And slugging for player two, 466. I know who player one is just because I'm a stats guy. So I'll hold off on guessing I'm player one because I but know. Who, who do you guys think had the bet would have had the better season in your opinion? I'm choosing player two. Two. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. Okay. Player one for 2022, Jazz Chisholm. Player two was Randall Grichuk for the Colorado Rockies. Well, let's throw Grichuk on there then. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll give you one more. Um, uh, batting average 243 for player one, home runs 32 for player one, RBIs 104 for player one, and then slugging 449 for player one, and war 4.9. And then for player two, batting average 306, home runs 37, RBIs 97, slugging 613, war 6.8. Player two, in my opinion, wins by a mile. Uh, player mm -hmm. two, that was Jordan Alvarez's 2022 yeah. season. Uh, player one, that was Jazz Chisholm's entire career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i mean in my opinion it's a joke like yeah like what, what what are we doing with this pick in my opinion the only reason they picked jazz chisholm is they had to pick a player average enough where people would prefer to buy the Derek jeter version just so they couldn't have just so they wouldn't have jazz chisholm on their <laughs> like, that was a good one, charlie i i, I, I knew it was jordan in the second half but i didn't know you could i mean this is horrible what a what a stupid yeah. pick in my opinion like this had me pretty fired up I was watching the Twitch stream and when I saw his jazz chisholm, I left because it's this is the dumbest pick. This is the dumbest pick probably since uh, what is name Hillis for the Madden cover. Like hey, yeah. hey, to me, to me, it's a disgrace of a pick. Uh, I believe his son's life, so he is a hero. Who? That doesn't mean yeah, he, gets, he is a hero. What does he mean he gets the cover for it? That's probably has nothing to do with his medicine than playing football. Yeah, he's a hero, yeah. sir. It's like a ten hero. years after he's on the cover. So. <laughs> Heroes but, anyway, I mean, that's all I'm going to say about that is it's it's a joke um, is, is what it is. Oh, boy. How can I follow that up? Um, <laughs> let's see. So thoughts on uh, jazz. Since if you watch my debate, I said chat a few times. So jazz Chisholm uh, being on the cover of the show. I think we all know uh, by this point what my take is. This guy hasn't proven anything in Major League Baseball. He's got no hardware, no gold gloves, no silver sluggers. Um, he does lead the league in stuff, but uh, errors committed by a by his position and caught stealing, which are some great stats that you want to lead in. Uh, he hasn't played in a full season. If you're going to market somebody, you want them to be on the field to play so people can watch them. Um, 
you want to get the most out of that person and you just don't do that when you're on the disabled list you can't really you can't really mark you don't become he has a marketable personality when he's out on the field but he's not always out on the field so he played for the marlins who are at the bottom of the league of the national league they have the second lowest attendance behind you guessed it the oakland a's uh if you want to market you want to you want to choose a guy on the team in a bigger market with better attendance i mean that's just my opinion um, we all know, as, as I stated, uh, what was it, a couple weeks ago or maybe a week ago, that J-Rod should have been on the cover, five-tool player with great personality, one rookie of the year, and was an absolute treasure to watch. Uh, I personally think MLB, the show, chose Jazz to help it so everyone would talk about it like they have been. It's pretty much been viral for weeks at this point. The more people talk about it on social media, the more people buy the game case closed. I was a little bit proven wrong on this one. As somebody stated, the cover athlete is chosen ahead of time. It's usually chosen halfway through the prior season. So I thought they were, I think that they thought jazz was going to get a full season and he didn't, which had kind of backfired. But, um, and then I think next year they should do a fan vote. I like the idea of a fan vote because you have majority decide and that way you're appeasing the most people possible. Uh, any last thoughts on this topic? Anybody want to touch on what, when anybody else said, don't be afraid to to counteract Charlie. No, uh, Rick, I have heard. All, I did hear also hear that that they picked it halfway through the season. But here's my thing. I mean, like, what happened? What happens if the player you're thinking of gets injured halfway through the season? Don't you want somebody who's had at least one previous season where they've gone out and proven themselves? It's true. Like, like if yes. if if they had decided to go with somebody like Juan Soto, who I think would have been a good pick, like Juan Soto. Yeah or somebody, you know, like that, where it's like, okay, if we pick him and he gets hurt this season, we can at least go back and say, okay, he's got, you know, he's got some stuff where he can go back and look, you know, and say, okay, he's had a couple good seasons beforehand. And, you know, he's been in the league for a couple of years. I I mean, I do agree with Justin's point too. Most people are still going to buy it. People who don't agree with the coverage just might do it digitally. I mean, he's still going to be on the game when you turn it on though, regardless. Yeah. There's no way to avoid that. I mean, unless you're just going to close your eyes when you play. But if you do that, you're really uh, risking not having a good game. So moving on to the second topic. Uh, this one's Justin's. I'll let Justin explain his topic and why he chose it. Um. So with the big announcement that the Angels GM is, or, you know, whoever owns the donor is not selling the team, uh, which was very shocking. Um, what can they do to kind of compete for the future? Um, you know, with them not selling the team, that's going to screw up everything for that team, I believe, which is already screwed up, clearly. Um, one of the best teams down on paper can't seem to make a playoffs in the past, what, six, seven years, maybe even longer, you know. Um, so what I think they really need to do to be able to compete uh, if they're not going to sell the team is you've got they've got to start replenishing their farm system. They've got to trade these superstars away. They basically got I don't trust this team now to be able to even beat the Marlins. Like, I just don't because they don't win. They just don't win. So it's like – Let me get I this think, correct real quick. Yeah. So you're talking about the Minnesota Marlins in the American League, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What the new team. The American League Central. Yeah, the American League Central. You know, but no, it's just like it doesn't – If obviously what they're doing there isn't working. They've got to completely change. Um, I think you trade Trout, you trade Otani, and you just load up on as many young, healthy talent as you can um, and just build those guys up. You know, the, the the superstars will come at that point, you know, with, with those young with those young players. But as of right now, they can't keep their superstars on the field besides Otani, really. You know, everybody's always hurt. Even Rendon, he was hurt like the entire next year after he signed long term with them, you know, and he's been plagued ever since. They can't keep these guys on the field, so they need to trade them away for people that'll use them as DHs or whatever. They need to get the worth. They need to get what they're worth back in returns for prospects. Um, that's just my opinion on the Angels. I think they're a joke organization and need to change something quick. <laughs> so, all right, I'll take this one next. Um, last year, the problem with the Angels that we're seeing is that they're ranked in the bottom of the league in hits, runs, runs batted in, walks, batting average, and on base percentage. Um, they were top, they were in the top tier when it came to home runs. So they are hitting home runs, but the problem is it's clear from those numbers that the power is there, but they need to put more runners on base. And how do you address that? You need guys that can generate walks, produce hits, and just flat out get on base. And this is what they're missing. I mean, they get 
Drury, but uh, Drury's not going to do. I mean, his career 302 on base percentage, he averaged 17 walks a season. Um, he's going to help you a little bit, but he's not going to eclipse much. I mean, 138 hits last season. So, I mean, if he can build off that, uh, Urshela has a better uh, on base percentage, walk numbers are good. Uh, he can build off the success he had last year. He was really good with uh, runners on and balls in play. Batting average were both above average. So, you know, I think he can be a little bit of a help. And Hunter Renfro, it's the same old thing. Just not a whole lot of on-base percentage, not a whole lot of walks. Um, you're just seeing these guys that are a little bit above average. Um, their pitching definitely was not the problem. They were top 10 in ERA, shutouts, hits allowed, and opponent batting average. The only thing they struggled with is walks, and I believe they addressed this by the by the Anderson signing. The guy had a career year with the Dodgers, set highs and wins, ERA, innings pitched, and whip. And he also had a career low walk percentage, which fits into what I just talked about. They had a problem with their with their pitching staff. So I think if you're the Angels, you just need to go out and maybe get one more pitcher. It doesn't have to be a top-tier pitcher. There is a guy named Trevor Bauer just floating around that they maybe could sign. He is a PR nightmare. But do you want to take that risk if you're the owner? Do you want to take that big chance to maybe try to get that, that one guy that might be able to push your pitching staff over the top. The other problem that I see is exactly what Justin said. It's Rendon. I mean, the guy hasn't played more than 58 games since he got to the angels and he still has four more years, four more years on that contract. You're not going to trade him because of his injury history. Nobody's taking that contract. Um, and you can't DH him to keep him from getting hurt because you already have Otani as a designated hitter and you're not taking Otani and putting him in the field. So uh, if it comes a third, you just need to, they need to find somebody to fill in for Rendon because you got to assume he's going to get hurt again. I mean, so I'm thinking you try to try to grab someone off the scrap heap or try to make a trade if they're in contention for for a third baseman and maybe another pitcher it doesn't have to be Trevor Bauer. I know he's out there. There is a couple other guys um, out there that could help them, but I think another starting pitcher and maybe a third maybe a third base just kind of filler in case he gets hurt again. Go ahead, Phil. Yeah, well, I mean, you bring up some great points, right? And, and I would just kind of second that and say that that was what the Angels did in the offseason. You know, they they have Otani on a one-year contract, right? They they add some pieces, but are those really pieces that are going to make them compete for anything? Uh, I feel like Moreno's plan was to sell the team, so he really didn't want to invest any more than he absolutely had to to keep the fans happy, Right. This is a man who paid $183.5 million for the Angels in 03. And now they're valued at 22 or 2.2 billion. And the uh, expectation was that he would receive bids for 2.5 billion. Um, so, I mean, baseball was looking forward to this sale because obviously as a kind of a top tier, you know, organization, it really was going to, I think, set the bar for the rest of Major League Baseball. Um, it didn't happen. Now you're kind of stuck with, uh-oh, right? So if you're an organization that's had Trout for as long as you've had Trout, you can't win anything. And now you have Trout and Otani, so two of the best players in all of Major League Baseball, and you can't even get to the postseason. Um, I, I think this is where Justin's right. Like, you have to just blow it up. Like, it's it's time. They're, they're in a division with the Astros, Mariners, and Rangers, okay? So – they're not winning this division. Could they make it into postseason? Sure. You know, with the expanded playoff picture, they could. Uh, are they going to go anywhere? No. You know, while they've got great talent, they don't have a good team. Um, they're not adding to that great team. They're just continuing to pay high payroll for no results. So the reasoning why, I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, they, they didn't touch really anything to improve their bullpen they needed a shortstop. There were plenty of shortstops on the market. I mean, you pull pull a Mets, right? You, you know, throw everything at every player you want, need, and, uh, you know, A, satisfy your fan base, and then B, have, uh, you know, the potential to win everything because you're getting these fantastic players all together on one team, and they're not willing to do that. So I, I just don't see much of a future for the, or or the Angels organization unless they just, you know, blow it up and start anew. I think the problem is they they have a a tendency to go after the 
aged player like the pool holes the rendon the guys who are in the tail end of their careers and try to throw a lot of money at them almost too much like too many years we're going to see this with a lot of the contracts coming up and how long that they are we're going to see this same thing happen with those players um and i think that's the problem we're seeing they're just they got these these aging guys who are getting hurt can't produce at the same level and they're just stuck because they can't get rid of them so all right charlie close take this one home yeah, I mean, as as some as a fan within the Angels division, it just seems like every year, like you know, right before the season, and all the Angels fans are this, you know, this is our year. We finally got it all together, and, and I don't know, they never do. They never are even really that close. Um, so I, again, I, to me, it was a weird decision not to sell. I mean, like you said, he could have profited a whole lot of money off of it. Um, and it to me is uh, his. Uh, Comments were funny. I mean, he, he said like, you know, we we still want to win a World Series, and I to me it's like they're. I mean, they're nowhere close. They're not even that close to making the playoffs right now with the with the team they have. Um, you know, if I if I'm the Angels like Justin, I'm blowing it up. I, you know, I'm trying to get as much as I can for Otani. Um, you know, I, I I don't know if I would trade Trout just because he's been part of the organization for so long, and he's really the only the only reason they have fans at this point. Um, and so I, I don't know if I would really trade Trout. I don't even know if Trout wants to leave. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get get rid of any any player that I can get something for. If you know if somebody's willing to go, you know, be a sucker and and take Rendon, I'm trading him. You know, I'm you know just blow it up and start over. And and, and like like Phil was saying, you've got three teams right now who are all poised to have you know potentially 90 to 100 100 win seasons in in that division. So, you know, if I guess if I'm the Angels, I maybe ride that out for 3 or 4 years and wait wait until the division can be a little bit more competitive. Mm-hmm. It's a good point. I just read an article too that Otani basically said that he's going to choose comfort over money, just so you guys know. So that could I mean the Dodgers saving that money might be for for not if he I mean you, he's not going to just sign with them because they have the most money. So um, also too like you kind of say with the Trout deal where you know kind of people are always worried like yeah you know Trout leaves the company leaves but I think with that caliber of a player and you know how I feel about Mike Trout um, with that caliber of a player it's a dis- a disservice to that player to keep him on that team mm-hmm. um which is kind of like what uh the Mets did with now obviously this player I'm about to say is not compared to Mike Trout at all but Dominic Smith he deserved a starting role and we couldn't give that to him so we let him go you know like I'm not saying you let Mike Trout, Mike Trout go obviously you take your trade but I think to allow him not to have a chance to end his career with the world series is absolutely insulting to anything he's ever done for, for baseball. Um, I, I just think at that point, the game, like his, like what he means to that organization should be bigger than baseball. And if he can have a chance somewhere else, you let him go, you know, that's just the way I feel about it, but I know it's a business and he brings people in and all of that. I understand that, but I think uh, it would be best for baseball if, the angels would just start over basically, <laughs> but that's, that's just something to add to it. What he's done uh, or what he did last season with a back condition is absolutely incredible. I mean, to hit 40 home runs with a, with a, with a back condition like that. Um, that's incredible. I mean, we're, we're really, I hope he is still able to, you know, maybe go somewhere else in DH or to continue to play or however it ends up playing out. I just hope he still gets a chance to uh, be able to add to his already incredible numbers. So, yeah, unfortunately, that I don't think he's got much time left, to be honest, because he's the same condition that David Wright had. And once it's gone, it's gone. There's nothing he can do. Like, mm-hmm. you can't swing a bat, unfortunately. Um, I think he may have three, four seasons, maybe, maybe, um, until he could, just can't play anymore. All right, now to the best topic. Just kidding. Um, it's uh, my topic, which is going to be uh, who are these guys' predictions for the next 40-40 player? And to clarify for anyone who doesn't know out there, that is who is going to be the next 40 home run, 40 stolen base guy. 
The last one occurred in 2006. It was Alfonso Soriano. Uh, since Charlie's gone last, I think on these last two, let's let Charlie go first and tell you who he thinks is his, the next potential 40-40, his pick. Gotcha. I've got a couple different picks. So one that probably a lot of people are picking for me is Julio Rodriguez. Um, in just his first year in the MLB, he had 25 stolen bases and 28 home runs and, you know, is well on his way to potentially having a, you know, a 40-40 season. Um, I mean, to me, again, the numbers are there. Um, I thought Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, potentially could get there. Last year, he only played 119 games, but he finished with uh, nearly 30 stolen bases and 15 home runs. Um and it was kind of a down year for him. So, I, you know, I still feel like he's got a good chance. Um, one player who, had, who I hope gets it next year is Kyle Tucker. Um, he finished last year with uh, 30 home runs and 25 stolen bases. Um, and in my opinion, I think he's going to get on base a whole lot more without the shift. And so I think that gives him a really great opportunity to get more stolen bases. Uh, he jumped from 14 stolen bases to 25 stolen bases from 2021 to 2022. And I think he'll make an even bigger leap, hopefully next year. Um, and then kind of my dark horse, still kind of a young player, but I put O'Neill Cruz um, in just 87 games last year. He had 10 stolen bases with 17 home runs. Um, so, you know, roughly double that, it would be, you know, around around 30 home runs and around 20 stolen bases for a full season. Um, and I and I think he's only going to get better from there. You ever seen so, him throw a ball the first? It, it's pretty insane. He can throw it almost like 100 miles it's an hour. Like, what is it, like 150 yes. miles an hour? Yeah, something ridiculous over 100. Yeah, I, I, I joked a couple of nights ago that you, maybe you should put him at pitcher. And <laughs> everyone kind of laughed and they're like, wait, that kind of makes sense in Pittsburgh. So, <laughs> so it is what it is. We'll go Justin next on this one. Um, so yeah, I just kind of kind of just guessed around almost, you know. I didn't want to dive too much into stats. I wanted to see like kind of compare to what everybody else was thinking too, but uh it seems pretty good. Uh, seemed pretty spot on with what Charlie was going with. Acuna, I think, is 100% going to do it. Just a matter of, matter of time. Even if he doesn't stay healthy, like like he did last year, he put up insane numbers, you know. And that's coming off a, uh, that's coming off his ACL, I believe. You know, him coming back and being able to steal all those bases, too. So it's just stronger than ever. Um, Julio Rodriguez, of course. Um, but uh, my, uh, my one that people seem to forget, who's coming back to baseball, Tatis Jr., um, you know, he's shown the power. He's got the speed. He's got the explosiveness. Um, just as long as he doesn't do any more um, uh, nose, nose sprays, he should be fine. He should be able to stay out of trouble if he keeps if he stops doing that. Um, but my long shot, who I would love to be able to see it, I think I know he's got the power. Um, the speed will be the little hard part. But with um, with the lack of pickoff moves, he just takes advantage of every time he's on base anyway. And just last year alone, he caused four or five walk, uh, box to balk in runs. Um, and that's Francisco Lindor. Um, I, yeah, he's he's very tricky. You know, he's a tricky one on the base path. I would love to see him do it. Just, you know, not only is I'm a Mets fan, but I'm, I'm a bigger Lindor fan. Um, he's a lot of fun to watch. So um, that's yeah, that's who I've got down for that. That's definitely my long shot, though. <laughs> I like the way Lindor plays the game. He's exciting to watch. Um, I mean, he gives it his, I mean, both the last guys that you named him and Tatis, the problem with Tatis is I feel like he's a little more reckless in the on and off the field. I think he goes 110, which is great for the game and it's exciting, but also in 162 game season, your body's going to wear and tear. And I think that's one of the issues. And then you have the off field issues, but I do like those. You guys each have a pick that I did not have on mine. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, how about you, Phil? I, mean, I, I can agree with what's been said, but I, I would also put in there that I just don't think it's happening anytime soon, right? There is the propensity in Major League Baseball to shy away from the stolen base. I, I know that there's changes that are that are happening to possibly make it easier for stolen bases to occur, but it, it's these players that are playing baseball have been their entire professional careers told um, that stolen bases possibly are a negative to the outcome of the game right so they're not really focused on stolen bases if you go back over the, the seasons okay we had one player achieve 40 stolen bases last year two players in 21 um, obviously 20 you know doesn't really count because it was the abbreviated season 
2019, three players stole 40 bases. 2018, three players stole 40 bases. Uh, you have to go back to 2017, 16, and 15 to even find anybody that stole 60 bases. And uh, in 2015, the top was D. Gordon with 58, right? So you're really no more than five, possibly six players in all of baseball. All of baseball are even stealing 40 or more bases per year, if that, right? So um, the risk to reward when it comes to sabermetrics is too high. You know, unless you can, you know, tell the team that you're going to steal a base at an 85% clip, I don't really see them giving you the green light to do it. That being said, you know, I do feel um, Acuna was probably, you know, the, the best shot at it. 2019, he had 41 home runs and 37 stolen bases. Um, he definitely could do it again. Like he's still in his prime. Hopefully no more injuries hamper him. Um, Jose Ramirez for Cleveland, you know, he's had great seasons. He's done 30-30. You know, his last big year was 39 home runs and 34 stolen bases in 18. But you're, he's starting to age out. You know, I think of that a little bit. Um, Otani, 46 home runs and 26 stolen bases in 2021. So, about I mean, is there a better time to do it than a contract year? You know, we'll we'll see, right? Um, and then as far as some, you know, somebody who I think has potential to do it, that's an up-and-coming player that nobody else has mentioned, I would say Bobby Witt Jr. with Kansas City. You know, he had 20 home runs and 30 stolen bases last year. So there you go. You got a rookie who's 10 home runs away from 30-30. So, uh, again, I think if people can consistently hit 30-30, then 40-40 is something that's doable. But until stolen bases become a thing, I don't see it happening. I think you're undervaluing how different these bases are. I've seen a picture. They're definitely different. So they're making it even closer because both bags are bigger. So and when you're limiting the amount of times that you can do a pickoff, so three gets you the base. So what's to stop you from taking a bigger lead? Like I get that you could risk it out, but how much are we going to see the percentages going up with these bigger bases, less pickoff attempts? And as a pitcher, you're looking at a pitch clock. So you have to come home with it regardless. So you're not going to have time to pay attention to these runners. So I do agree they still have to hit 30-30. I do agree with you on that one. But uh, I do think they're going to eventually hit 40-40. One of the things was I could totally see Trout doing this, but – not anymore, which is sad. I think he would have easily been with these changes of 40-40, but last season he's, he had four stolen bases. No, They're not going to risk his health at this point at all. Nobody is. Um, Acuna, like you said, he uh, he was the closest, uh, and he hasn't played a full season, and he's coming back from injury. So, I mean, the power numbers weren't there last year, but as you stated, Phil and Justin and 2019, he was very close. He was three away. So if anybody could do it, it's possibly him. Uh, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, Jose Ron, uh, Ramirez have never hit 40 in a season. I can't see any of those guys doing it. Interesting enough, I had the same thing as Phil, Bobby Witt, uh, Bobby Witt Jr. I think he continues to mature and get as he gets more major league experience. He definitely has the potential for a 40-40. Uh, his 102 OPS plus last season tells you he was an average player, but his 20 home runs and uh, I think it was 30 stolen bases. Was it 30? Yeah. 30 that uh, tells you that those numbers are absolutely attainable. And I do have my hot take, just like you guys did a quick hot take, if you will, is uh, Corbin Carroll. Uh, If he can play up to his potential, he would hit the 40, 40 mark. I have no doubt he has 30.7 feet per second speed. Uh, So I have, I have no doubt in my mind, he'll hit the 40 stolen base threshold. The problem is going to be the power, which he's shown glimpses Uh, in the minors. He had a 481, uh, foot home run uh, and he's had 32 home runs across all levels which was the equivalent of 162 game season he's a long shot for a 40 40 but i really believe if he plays up to his potential he could possibly be a 40 40 guy if you haven't seen him watch him i mean incredible speed he is uh his sprint's crazy his sprint speed is crazy and he's like the 100th percentile i mean this guy can move 10.7 uh, five seconds from first to 30 at the fastest triple last year. This guy's going to be exciting to watch with that speed. I just, I hope the power comes with it because I, I think he's a shoe in for rookie of the year this year. So he's for Arizona, right? Correct. And they got yeah. Moreno too from, from Toronto. So I, oh. I, there'll be a team to watch uh, um, this year because they got a lot of younger guys who I think are going to be really good. Oh, I, I keep forgetting. Uh, 
We also have Daniel Vogelback that could possibly get this 40 for 40 as well. You don't forget about my man, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel Vogelback. Come on now. Well, I, I like that. All right. Uh, Phil gets to uh, end our last topic. So I'll let you take it away. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, celebration of uh, Super Bowl 57. Right. I wanted to talk about uh, two sport athletes in baseball, basically Major League Baseball and the NFL. Um, really kind of boils down to to three players that really, uh, I think, exemplify this. And I'm going to start with probably the biggest name. Right. Um, Bo Jackson uh, played nine seasons from 86 to 94. He was with the Royals, White Sox and Angels. A career 250 batter with 598 hits, 141 home runs, uh, 309 on base, and a 408 slugging. Um, he was voted into the 1989 All-Star Game and was the MVP of that game, as well as receiving MVP votes that season. Um, and the importance of that is, you know, the same time frame, right? He was playing with the NFL, uh, running. he was with the Raiders as a running back, 87 to 90. And he was selected for the 1990 Pro Bowl in the NFL. So the only athlete ever to be both MLB All-Star and an NFL, NFL Pro Bowler. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and obviously, I think most people remember and recognize him from the Bono's Nike ad campaign, which was all over the place, uh, especially in the early, early 90s, right? Um, Deion Sanders, you know, 2011 NFL Hall of Fame inductee, uh, had a productive Major League Baseball career. Um, you know, really one of the things he's known for, right, is attempting to play um, both sports on the same day. October 11th, 1990, 1992, he played for the Falcons in a game versus Miami. Um, and then he flew up to Pittsburgh that night for game five of the NLCS for the Braves. Although he got there before the game started, he was on the bench and didn't play any. But uh, he was he was there and he did attend both games. So that's pretty cool. Nine seasons in, in Major League Baseball, 89 to 2001 with the Yankees, Braves, Reds, and Giants. You know, he was a career 263 batter, 558 hits, 186 stolen bases, a 319 on base, a 392 slugging. So really, if you look at his numbers, they're not that, that much different with the exception of home runs than, uh, than Bo Jackson's. Um, 1992 with the Braves, he batted 304, led baseball with 14 triples, Eight home runs, 28 RBIs, 26 stolen bases, a 346 on base, and a 455 slugging in 97 games. He batted 533 in the World Series that year, eight hits and 15 at bats, stole five bases. Unfortunately, the Braves lost to Toronto. Um, in 1997, he stole 56 bases with the Reds, and he is the only person to play in a World Series in, in 92 with the Braves and a Super Bowl. And in 95, he did that with the 49ers and with the Cowboys in 96. And then the last player I have is uh, Brian Jordan. Had a 15-year Major League Baseball career from 92 to 06. And then he played three seasons in the NFL, 89 to 91. Um, and he was voted as a Pro Bowl alternate in 1991 when he played football. You know, uh, Brian Jordan was drafted by the Cardinals in 88 and then by the Bills in 89. Um, in 1992, he signed a contract for St. Louis, which included a $1.7 million signing bonus. So that uh, was to play baseball exclusively, and it pretty much ended his NFL career. But, he, you know, he did play for the Cardinals, Braves, Dodgers, and Rangers, was a career 282 batter, 1,454 hits, 184 home runs, 821 RBIs, a 333 on base, and a 455 slugging. You know, he was an MLB All-Star in uh, 99. And then he received MVP votes in 98, 99, and 01. So, you know, just uh, kudos to those guys. I mean, fantastic athletes to be able to play both of those sports to, uh, to a high level, right? And then just talking about some current stars with history in both sports, and, and this might be some place where you guys can, can add a little bit of context as well. You know, Russell Wilson was drafted by the Rockies in 2010 played two seasons in the minor leagues for him, and then he left in 2012 to enter the NFL draft. I think we know what happened to Russell Wilson. Uh, Kyler Murray was drafted by the A's in 2018, signed a $4.6 million contract, but then he won the Heisman Trophy and was drafted number one overall by the Arizona Cardinals. So that's why he's not playing baseball. 
Um, a little bit closer to home, Jeff Samarja was an All-American wide receiver and star pitcher for Notre Dame. Could have been a high draft pick in 07, but was drafted by the Cubs instead and chose to play baseball. And that just turned out to be a 13-year career in Major League Baseball. And then uh, Tim Tebow, like him or, or not, right? Heisman Trophy winner, national champion, quarterback for the Broncos. Then he goes and signs a minor league deal in 2016 to play for the Mets and played four seasons in the minor league. So obviously never made it major league baseball, but still, you know, um, you know, football guy with a little bit of potential in baseball, right? Um, a few historical players, Todd Helton. I don't know if any, I definitely didn't know this. He was ahead of Peyton Manning at Tennessee in quarterback depth chart. And then when he got injured, uh, Peyton Manning took over. And I guess it's kind of history from there. Um, anybody who's a fan of Frank Thomas knows that he was a tight end for the Auburn Tigers uh -huh. his freshman year. But then after joining the baseball team, he decided to pursue a career with baseball. I think that worked out pretty good for him. Kurt Gibson was voted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 27, 2017. He was an All-American wide receiver for Michigan State in the late 70s. Uh, John Elway drafted the second round, 52 overall by the Yankees in 1981. He did play one season in Class A, and then he was selected number one overall in the 83 NFL draft. So uh, he just used baseball as a leverage to get out of Baltimore because he did not want to play for the Colts. Ricky Williams was drafted by the Phillies in the eighth round in 95, played four years in the minors. Um, then he went to football, was a Pro Bowl running back, and led the NFL with 1,853 yards in 02. And uh, John Lynch was a second-round draft pick by the Marlins in the expansion draft in 1992. He went to the minors and threw the first pitch for the Marlins organization. Uh, then he went on to become a nine-time Pro Bowl safety and 2002 Super Bowl champion. So... And then lastly, um, just some unbelievable athletes here. Um, Bob Gibson was a standout basketball player at Creighton. And then he ended up playing a year with the Harlem Globetrotters before start, starting his baseball career. Tom Glavin was drafted by the Kings in 84, ahead of Hall of Famers Brett Hull and Luke Robitaille. Kenny Lofton played in the NCAA Final Four in 98, and then he played in two World Series. Tony Gwynn was drafted by both the Padres and the Clippers in 1981. Dave Winfield was drafted by three different teams, mm -hmm. three different sports, the Hawks, the Vikings, and the Padres. Uh, Jackie Robinson was a varsity letterman in four sports, baseball, basketball, football, and track. And uh, Jim Thorpe won Olympic gold. He played professional football, professional basketball, and professional baseball. So my thing would just be, you know, is there anybody else you guys would like to add? Any thoughts? Is this something we'll see anytime soon? Um, you know, what do these players bring to the table for Major League Baseball? Well, first, I think we need to take a moment of silence because the last active player drafted by the Expos has no. retired. So no. a moment of silence, real quick. We don't know if the <laughs> no retirement's going to stick, but he retired. <laughs> no one cares. Notes off the list. Michael Jordan There's and no Tom Brady. No silence for Tom Brady's retirement, no? Since he no. was by the Expos? <laughs> Not at all. Okay. We'll let Charlie go <laughs> on this one. So one one thing I kind of noticed about football players in baseball, or I guess the – the or I guess whatever, dual sport athletes, whatever you want to call them, is, is the one – or one of the biggest things they have going for them is their speed. Um, you know, Deion Sanders and Bo Jackson, both really known as speedsters. Um, and I think that is a, uh, an important quality when you look in uh, a dual sport athlete. So a couple of people I had as like potential um, from football that I think would be would be fun to see uh, would be somebody like Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, mm -hmm. somebody that's incredibly fast and, and agile like that. I thought Micah Parsons from Dallas, again, um, somebody's kind of, you know, got a bigger frame, but still very quick. And then uh, DK Metcalf, um, in my opinion, is a very similar to Bo Jackson and that, you know, he's got the, you know, big physique, super muscular dude, incredibly fast, um, you know, somebody who I think would do well in both sports. And then some baseball players I had similar, um, uh, Aaron Judge, you know, big, strong guy, I think would be an incredible tight end. I think he did play football as well. And I, don't, I don't know if it was college. I know he did in high school, but I don't know if he did in college. Um, I think uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. 
Um, again, big frame, quick guy could be, you know, kind of a running back, maybe cornerback, something like that in the NFL. Um, and then Mike Trout, in my opinion, could probably play any sport he wanted to mm-hmm. because he is just a athletic freak. Um, mm-hmm. Football maybe wouldn't be great injury wise, but I still think that he would thrive um, as maybe like a linebacker or running back or something like that. Funny you bring up Tyreek Hill, because if you haven't heard the story of Herbal Washington, that is a story you need to read. Uh, the Oakland A's bring in this extremely fast guy and all he never took an at bat in his career. They just used him as a pinch runner. That's all he ever was. They would bring him in to pinch run and it never worked because he was either <laughs> always picked off or he was always caught stealing because there's some stuff that you have to learn through the system. Yeah. Um, it just it didn't work out well. For anybody who's watching the video too, check out Herb Washington. It's just one of those things that baseball teams have tried to be different, tried to do something outside the box, and it didn't really work out. That A's team was already staffed and on its way to World Series, uh, multiple World Series, but uh, they decided that they needed a speedster, just a guy who could run. Pretty interesting stuff. Uh, Justin, how about you? Um, So what I'm getting from everyone, what we're stating is if you can play baseball, you can play any other sport there is apparently. So um, let's keep that in mind. Baseball is the hardest sport to play. This is a fact. You're getting rewarded for you're considered one of the greats if you're on base 30 percent of the time. Like, that's insane. You know, like but um, anyway, um, there were a couple that I had written down that I thought were interesting. Um, One of the big ones I didn't know is, like Phil said, John Elway was drafted by the Yankees. That's huge. I think that was pretty cool. Uh, Everybody knows about Russell Wilson getting drafted. Um, But the big one I didn't know was uh, Joe Maurer. He was a quarterback and had a full ride to Florida State. Um, And that kind of explains his entire career a little bit. I mean, he was a field general, you know, like that makes so much sense. When I read that, I was like, that makes that's perfect, you know. Um, But the one that I'm always curious about is that Russell Wilson, if he would have stayed with baseball, that's the career I would have loved to see, you know, cause he's been quick his entire career for football. He's got a cannon. We all know that, you know, he's, his hand-eye coordination was great. I've watched him. I watched him play for the Yankees a little bit when he was doing some spring training games. Uh, I think that was one or two years ago. Um, I mean, he was in home runs, you know, I, I just really would have enjoyed to see Russell Wilson on the baseball diamond instead of the football field personally. But um but yeah, I mean, as far as I can tell, I don't think we're going to have any two-way sports athletes anymore. There's just too much money invested in these players to have them risk injury, especially going to play football. You know, the concussion protocols there alone, you know, you get a concussion, they're out of both sports. And now both teams are down, you know, it's just, it's too dangerous in my opinion and too irresponsible to have them play two sports at once. Um, yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, I mean, you guys have already talked about a lot of the things I had down. Um, I do believe that John Elway, if he had done both, would have been successful. Um, as Phil stated, in low A ball, he played 42 games. He had 48 hits in those 42 games with 26 runs, 13 stolen bases, four home runs, and 25 RBIs, including a 318 batting average and a 432 on base percentage. Low A ball, but I mean, obviously, it was a good start for somebody uh it would have been pretty interesting, Phil. I don't know if you would agree that if he would have tried both, just to see, just even for a little bit, to see if he could if he could keep up those numbers in both sports. Um, when I look at Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders, they were they were so similar. Uh, Bo Jackson had the arm strength, obviously, and the power that that Deion didn't have. Um, they were very similar in walks, batting average, on base percentage, runs, hits, doubles. I mean, you could flip-flop them. You wouldn't know who was who. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sanders had the speed over Bo, 29 more triples, 104 more stolen bases. But, man, were these guys fun to watch. I mean, watching Bo Jackson as a White Sox throw home from the outfield flat-footed and make it a, just a dart to home play, I mean, it's it's amazing. Um, as you guys stated, other honor notable mentions are Kyler Murray, Tim Tebow, Russell Wilson, and you guys all forgot about Jeff Samarja, White Sox legend Jeff Samarja. Um, it's still too early to tell, you know, Murray if he made the right sport. I mean, he he, I believe he was hurt mostly last year. Um, he he's good. I mean, he I believe football was the right choice probably for him. Although I would have liked to seen what he would have done on the baseball field. 
Uh, Russell Wilson, I believe, actually made the right choice. He's had a legendary career, future Hall of Famer. Samarja, I wish he would have stuck with football, to be honest with you. He was paid pretty well uh, throughout his baseball career, but I just think he would have had a better career as a tight end in the NFL. Tebow, you could flip a coin on that one uh, for both sports. You wouldn't be able to figure out what he was better fitted for. Um, it, I would weigh it a little bit heavier on the football just because he does have that legendary moment in the playoffs, and he did have somewhat of a decent couple of seasons in the NFL. Um, I don't believe this is ever going to happen again. Uh, baseball players in all sports are paid too much money. Uh, organizations have too much riding on their investment to have them get injured in a football game. <coughs> Bo Jackson. Uh, also, baseball uh, baseball players practice their craft year-round in the fall league, analyze videos, training facilities, camps. It just won't happen again. It was fun while it lasted. And if it does happen again, I'm going to guess, and this is a throwback to Justin again, I'm going to guess that Daniel Vogelbach is going to be both in the WWE and baseball, unless we're considering that WWE is entertainment and not a sport. It's a sport. It's a sport. And also, um, to, count, Sports to, come, back on, to Sports come back on your, your White Sox, why would anyone know who that is? It's the White Sox. Why would we know? <laughs> he was – He was. people thought he was going to be big for football. He. I mean, Notre Dame, he was a tight end, and he had really solid numbers. But a lot of people were shocked when they heard he was going baseball route instead of football. That's why I'm saying I think he would have panned out better. He did have a pretty good career. Um, and he did make a lot of money from what I read, but just and, and probably stayed on the healthier side, as you stated, with concussions and football. He was never really hurt that much. So, I mean, he I can't really knock his baseball career. I just think he would have been a better fit for football. I mean, Rick, I did mention him, but he's also I think uh, Cubs fans would appreciate what he did way more than White Sox fans. Yeah, that's true. You know, just because all of his <laughs> all of his production was really with the Cubs, not with the not with the White Sox. So. Out of all the people you mentioned, I guess out of the hundred that you mentioned, I missed I missed Justin. The one thing the one thing that I would add is the final topping was, you know, I think Justin was kind of, you know, his his topic about Russell Wilson. Um, I think right now maybe he could try out for the Rockies. He might perform better than he did with the Perfect. Broncos this last season. Hey, he can probably I mean, you know hundred percent they'll let him walk on in, the, uh, in Miami. <laughs> they'll let him walk on there. The Tigers once led Tom Selleck taking a bat, so you never know. Hey, man. Mr. Baseball. So Mr. I will Baseball. say, though, I mean, I think a few years ago, if somebody had said, like, hey, do you think they're going to be any more, you know, two-way players in the MLB, a lot of people would have said, no, I don't think that's ever going to happen again. People need to focus on hitting or pitching. But then Shohei popped up, and we're like, wow, maybe more people should be doing that. And I think I think there could be a player – that comes up and is just so good at both sports that, that, you know, we, we say that, well, man, maybe we should do that more often. Kind of the show hey effect, but maybe on a, on a little bit of a larger scale. Didn't really think about that. We, we always seem to be proved wrong in some of these things and we don't think it's going to happen. The only thing I'll say is some of these baseball stats that are ridiculous from the past will never be broken. At least not in our life. Except for when robots are running, running across the field. You got AI in every game. Dead silent. Yep. <laughs> Dead silent. Dead silent. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> yeah, pretty terrible. But... Guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks again for your time. And uh, mm -hmm. we'll see everyone in, uh, next week for episode seven. Uh, hopefully we'll be live and I won't uh, forget oh. the 24-hour notice on YouTube to go live. Pitchers won't, will pitchers be reporting by then? I don't think so. What, we got no. 10 days? No, oh, damn. I no want to say it's near my birthday, so it's probably the 17th or 18th of February. Somewhere near there. Mm -hmm. So, And then we got uh, World Baseball Classic a couple weeks after that. I think that's mm -hmm. the first week of March is World Baseball Classic. All yep. right. We'll see you guys next Sunday. See ya. Yeah.